Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. of the NFL wrap-up show. The call-in number is 929-477-2759. you got the next 90 minutes with your boys here at Sports Seattle. Talk to the powers that be. They gave us a little bit extra time because we had a lot to talk about. But y'all know how we get done. I don't do this by myself. I've got my man, my co-host, the guy who I'm going to let him pump his chest a little bit today, man. Very the villain, Jordan. Man. How we doing this evening, man? Welcome to the round that time. Villain, I'm doing great, serious. It's a great day to be a fan of the New York football giants. Um, I, I mean, I, I was tempted to do another finger food. I guess I pulled the trigger a little early on that one, but um, it's all worth it. You're going to get my reaction live on air, but a uh, lot to get to. Let's get going, man. A lot of, lot of fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, we do, we do. And before we even pop the top on the news and notes, man, we got a call in queue. I think it's the homie Harvey, man. What's going on, Mr. Harvey? I've never seen the map. What's up, fellas? I'm about to take off and be in the air, but I wanted to jump in for a couple minutes with the chef tonight to chop it up. As you can hear, I probably sound a little muffled in my personal protective equipment. <laughs> for the, uh-huh. uh, I understand. Side, what's going on, I understand. Fellas? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good, man. It's good to hear from you. So, I'm, since you're about to jump in the air, I ain't going to waste your time, man. To date, right now, we have a plethora of coaching vacancies. Jacksonville Jaguars, the Las Vegas Raiders, Denver Broncos got rid of Vic Vangio, uh, the Chicago Bears fired Matt Nagy, the Minnesota Vikings say goodbye to Mike Zimmer, uh, the, the Dolphins, and the Shocker got rid of Brian Flores. And as Barry alluded to, the New York football giants finally pulled the plug on um, Joe Judge. Out of all these moves, uh, does any of these shock you? Um, yes. And uh, go ahead. I'll go to you first, Mr. Harvey. Talk, 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 talk to me what you think. The Dolphins, uh, this is senseless. This is racist. This is ridiculous. And um, real quick, I mean, listen, there's some injuries that started the season slow this year. 
They came back. They went on a tear to end the season. Um, the future is bright. And, yeah, and, and in Miami, there's no uh, there's no reason for, for this move. Other than maybe they're trying to hire, uh, hire some good old boy or someplace to, um, to kind of take over uh, what Flores has really helped get started there. And so um, I hope this uh, – I hope this organization crashes and burns with this move. This is a bad book for this organization. This is a bad book for the good old boy network that is the NFL. It should not have gone down this way. Shame on the Dolphins. I actually agree with you 100%. Dylan, I'll come over to you first. Um, I mean, at all these firings, obviously the one that's going to get the most buzz is Brian Flores based off what he's able to accomplish. But, um, which one of these kind of stuck out to you as being kind of a question mark, or did none of them stick out to you at all? I mean, obviously, it's it's Flores. I mean, the guy um, took over a team that had three offensive coordinators in his three years there. Yes, he had a losing record overall, 24 and 25, but had two winning records the last two seasons, uh, 10 wins last year. This year had nine wins. Um, after starting one and seven, had won uh, seven straight, eight of their last nine, beating the Dolphins twice this year, three times in the last four years. Um, I don't know what you what you ask can ask of this um, of, of of Flores more. I think um, a lot of people alluded to how it was eerily similar to Jim Caldwell getting fired in Detroit. I'd love to get TP's opinion on it. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it tomorrow. Um, um, Caldwell was fired after two nine-win seasons. Um, like, Chris Greer is the guy that um, – he's the GM. He's the one that drafted Tua, right? He's the one that has been unable to build this offensive line for the last three years that Flores has been here. Everybody wants to say Flores is a, is a gruff guy, is a my way or highway kind of guy. But, you know, one thing Michael alluded to, yeah, it's, it's racist. Yeah, I'll bring it out, too. It's racist. But I'll bring it to another level and say that you can always tell how a team responds to a coach by the end of their season, right? This team was 1-7 serious. Any other team would fold the t- folded their tents and gave up. This team was one game from getting into the playoffs. One game, and still lost that game last the week before. Had a meaningless game against the 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 Patriots, a team that has owned them for the last twenty years, and they beat them handily in their house. How do you get rid of this guy? How is that possible that this guy doesn't have a job right now? It's a disgrace. It's ridiculous. If they're going to regret it, this team this team was I thought was heading in the right direction. They said that the culture is something that was a question mark. That's BS. That's complete BS. The players bought in to what Flores was saying. Even when he was messing with the quarterback situation, which we argued about serious, the results were there, 10 wins. They were almost in the playoffs last year. Not only did the quarterbacks buy into it, the players on the team bought into it because they were winning. You get rid of this guy. What are you, You're saying, you know what, it's his fault that I picked, I picked Tua over Herbert. It's his, it's, my, it's, it's his fault that I couldn't fix this offensive line. It's his fault that I traded a first-round pick to move up six spots to pick a player in the draft. It's Flores' fault, not mine. You, you use Flores as a scapegoat. 
it, and, and it's borderline racist. It's disgusting. Flores will not be out of a job very long. It's not borderline so, racist. So here's my no, only say it, Mike. caveat. To, no, here's my only caveat to the whole racist thing. You know what I'm saying? And I, I, I just have to do some digging on it. So the general manager of the Miami Dolphins is a guy named Chris Dreer. He's an African-American guy. So for me, yeah, to sure. really, for, for me to really jump on board and beat the drum for the racial undertone that seems to be festering, I have a hard time doing that because it's not like another African-American to do that in this type of position. I, this is in the hood or over, over a bag or whatever case it be. I get it's it. But I, 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 yeah, but who, is the well, owner I mean, white or black? And, and, I mean, and the owner This was the owner Ross's decision. This was Ross's decision, the owner, not Green. The owner, to, the owner tells the GM, you've got to do something, and it's either him or me. So what do you think he's going to do? I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I get it, like, uh, 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 in the grand scheme of things. You know, I, here's the thing. I am a jar have full type of guy. Like, I will okay. literally – I almost I, I literally turn over every stone, you know, peel back every curtain, you know, before I literally slap the racial thing on the situation. And, and for me, like, I was very, very, very quick. And I, again, with this whole Antonio Brown thing, I was very, very quick to, 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 to lash out. And then, you know, the story came back and then the story came back. So I am scared to death to sit there and say, this was a racial situation without literally uncovering all the facts. I mean, how do we know, in all honesty, that Forrest will walk up to him and be like, yo, dude, I, listen, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Get, get, me to, get me the hell out of here. Like, we don't know that. And so, although it looks extremely, extremely bad right now, and again, if this turns out to be a racial thing, believe me, I'm going to be beating the drum like, like, like mm-hmm. I do on Sunday mornings uh, about it. But for me, again, being being a being a head coach in this job is difficult. Being a head coach in Miami um, is difficult. And here's the thing: he stuck with two attacks by law. I don't think he wanted to do it in the first place. You know what I'm saying? So no. if you have, I mean, I mean, if if, if if you have a Chicago Bears job available, like we do now, if we have a Denver Broncos job available, like we do now, these are sexier and more appealing positions than the Miami Dolphins. So, again, we all understand that he's not going to be out of the job long. Hell, I want him as my defensive coordinator in Pittsburgh after we get done on this magical playoff run. But with that being said, I, again, I want to literally turn, overturn every stone before we slap that, you know, racial thing on him. No, and, and I agree with you, and, and I think Mike is the one that kind of brought it to us um, off air. But I'm telling you, Greer's not the one that fired him. Stephen Ross is. And the fact that Greer's still there, Flores isn't, kind of dissipates the, the racial thing a little bit. But it's more about what I said it was, was about the communication and, and the, the fact that, you know, they, they wanted Flores to be more collaborative and communicate. What does he need to communicate? You didn't ask him what quarterback he wanted. He didn't want to her, but he still supported him. He still supported Tua. He wanted Watson. They didn't do it. He wanted 
he, I'm sure he wanted to draft Herbert instead of um, Tua. They didn't do it. Who needs to collaborate? Is it Flores? Is it Greer? Is it Ross? Who is it? You use Flores as a scapegoat to make everybody forget that you screwed the pooch in the draft and with these, these linemen and with the quarterback. And when you had a chance to get Watson, you fumbled the ball at the one-yard line, period. I think it was a lot have to do with the, um, I, I think, a power struggle. Um, but, yeah, Stephen Ross looking for a coach. He loves general manager. Yeah, so I, I, I think the more and more I read up on this, um, I, I think it's more in line with what you're talking about, Villain. Um, because, again, for, for me, I'm looking at it at, at face value. You know what I'm saying? I would I would have a difficult job, a difficult time walking into your office and be like, you know what, my guy, uh, I'm going to you to pack up your stuff and get the hell out of here. Like, I, 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 I couldn't do that. You know what I'm saying? I would have a hard time doing that. But if it came down from Stephen Ross, who is a part of the Good Old Boys Network, it's very, very possible. Um, again, I hate to be, I, I hate to go that route with it, which is why I'm really trying hard to wait until the facts come out. But it is what it is. Call the number is nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. Here with Sports City Chefs on a NFL Week 18 wrap up. Uh, got your boy Sirius and Barry Deville and Jordan. Mike Harvey was here, had to pop off. We got some other cats popping in a little later. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, come to mind, uh, villain. Um, and all signs look as though um, look as though uh, Byron Leftwich would get that position. But now, right before we jumped on air, I, I see that Bill O'Brien could be the leader in the clubhouse for that position. Um, I was talking with a friend of the show, Black Zach, or whatever, about it. Um, former member, uh, former fan of the Houston Texans, and he poses a decent point. Um, and I wanted to give him credit for it. He said that potentially uh, Bill O'Brien going to the Jacksonville Jaguars will be decent as long as he nails the defensive coordinator position, um, to which I rebutted. I rebuttal. I, I, actually, for me, I think it's a little bit too soon for me to forgive what he did to Houston. Um, I can't unsee what he did. Um, and for him to be getting a head coaching position, um, so quickly after that fiasco kind of leans more to what we was talking about previously with, with Brian Flores and the good old boys network and things of that nature, because clearly it can't be on his merit and it can't be on his record. Um, how do you feel about the Jacksonville Jaguars situation sticking out? Um, do you think uh, Bill O'Brien gets that position or do you see them going somewhere else or perhaps in Brian Leftwich? If If they don't, Listen, if they don't go after Brian Leftwich, everybody deserves to be fired, right? It's a natural fit. He was he was a quarterback there, had some good seasons for them. Um, he is one of the hotter candidates, right, coming in. I think he was he's he's as hot now as um, as Eric Bieniemy was. Um, I think that I think Bieniemy's kind of cooled down a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, as the offense has kind of cooled down a little bit in in, um, in, in Kansas City. But Byron Leftwich is the, the hot candidate. I expect him to get a lot of interviews. I don't know if they're going to ha- – they might have to wait. Now, that's the only problem, Sirius, right? Because, you know, they might be able to get permission to talk to him while he's do- going into a playoff run. But a lot of times 
you got to wait until the playoff run is over until you can get him into the building and announce him as a coach. And a lot of good coaches get scooped up before that. So I can understand that. But I don't understand how Bill O'Brien, to your point, fresh off of a disastrous tenure as a coach slash GM, what have you, in, in Houston, he had some good years. Houston did make it into the playoffs, but they didn't win playoff games, right? I think they won one playoff game under Bill O'Brien. I think that was when um, against the Raiders when Carr got hurt. Um, so yeah, listen, I I don't I don't know how he gets a job. I, I really don't. Um, if if I was listen, Byron Leftwich better be their coach. That's all I have to say. It's not, you know, I would love to have him in New, in New York. I think he's a really, I think he's a hot commodity. I think he's grown under Arians and with Tom Brady. I would, I, after Flores, I think he would be my pick to be my coach. So, but I, I just don't understand why O'Brien would get the, get the look. I actually agree with you what you said. Um, uh, about Byron Leftwich, um, I think that he will be a, a perfect fit uh, there. Um, but with, with that being said, I, I will say this. Um, anybody but Bill O'Brien. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, and, and here's why I say that. You know, I understand that, you know, people want to find the next hot thing, the next Sean McVay, uh, the next Mike Tomlin when he came out, the next Harbaugh or anything like that. Um, but at the end of the day, listen, he he went to Alabama, you know, did his thing, and now he's trying to get back into the NFL. And right now, that's just too bad of a stench that's still left there for what he did. Um, one more question about coaching, and then we'll move on, as you do got a bunch of news and notes else to get to. Uh, as far as mm-hmm. Vegas job, I heard a report that it's pretty much all but wrapped up that the interim head coach that took over uh, when John Gruden uh, got fired, uh, let go, Mm -hmm. resigned, whatever you want to call it, um, is the leading man in the clubhouse uh, to get this job. Do you think that's a good idea, or do you think they really need to do a a, a thorough search um, before offering it to uh, Rich Picasso like that? No, I think they should um I think they should do a search. I think I think he he deserves um I think he deserves a shot to interview for it. I you look at the laundry list of everything that's happened in Las Vegas. We talked about it how Derek Carr needs to kind of get a little bit of love and and we all with TP and the crew kind of argued back and forth. You look at what everything that happened right with Gruden with Rugs, I think they had another DUI. I mean Listen, he deserves a shot to interview for that job, and I did. Th- he deserves to be a favorite, right? Because he's got them into the playoffs, ten wins into the playoffs. Um, you know, impossible odds, et cetera, et cetera. I think. Um, I, I, I'm thinking, like, listen, there's candidates out there that are really, really pushing that. That could be really good. I think the enemy has been that candidate for years. Leftwich is a candidate. Flores, everybody should want him. Can you imagine Flores taking over the Raiders? Like, can you imagine that? Like a team that's 10 wins, getting a good coach like that into the building, 
the sky's the limit for them, I would think, right? So I think there's a lot of good candidates that could um, definitely uh, interview for the Raiders job, but I wouldn't begrudge them of giving him the shot because he stabilized that team. I think him and Carr really stabilized yeah. that Raiders team, and, and I, I don't think they're going to get past um, the Bengals. This week we'll talk about it soon. But yeah, yeah. much respect for what they did in Las Vegas and, and, and TP's home away from home. And, I, I like, I, like I agree, there's, I think he deserves every shot to get that job. Well, here's the thing that you mentioned, you know what I'm saying? The, the Vegas Raiders literally closed out the season on a four-game winning streak, and they needed all four of these games to, to, to get in the postseason. They beat the Browns. They beat the Broncos. They, they beat the Colts. They, and then they, they, they beat the Chargers. Um, and, again, we kind of got into a, a discussion, if you will, on last, uh, last week's show about Derek Carr um, and how you want Derek Carr over Jameis Winston and whatever the case may be. Um, I don't think Jameis Winston does that. I don't think mm-hmm. Jameis Winston rallies the troops like uh, Derek Carr did in the midst of everything that went on to, to, to get this team into the postseason. Um, so, again, I set my cap to him. And I honestly think that eventually he's going to end up being the head coach. I, I just listen. Th- th- there's nothing that shows that you're prepared for the job more than actually on the job training. Like this dude took over when he did and guided this team to the playoffs. Like I just, mm-hmm. I just, I, I just can't get over that. Like I, I, I set my cap to him uh, for that. Um, so with that being said, uh, call-in number here is 929-477-2759. Got the next hour and some change locked and loaded with your boys here at Sports City. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit um, about what's going on uh, around the league, man. we got some other news and notes before we get into the playoffs, and I'll let you mm-hmm. kind of go off on, on a little tangent um, about, you know, Joe Judge and the Giants, whatever the case may be, but... Um, the thing I want to talk about the most, honestly, for me, uh, was Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns came out and literally said that they expect him to be the QB1 going into next year. Uh, we sitting here on the wrap-up show have talked about it um, at least about how Baker Mayfield is not the guy and me as a fellow fan uh, I love the idea um, that Baker Mayfield will be there because essentially I, I would have been a quarterback. Um, but I'm not sure how uh, Stefanski can look at the body of work that Baker Mayfield has done um, over the course of his career and still think that he is the guy there. Um, is Stefanski's seat starting to get warm? Um, if Baker Mayfield doesn't go out and perform next year, um, how do you how do you feel about uh, Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns? I don't think you've seen enough to say that um, that Baker is your franchise quarterback, other than the commercials, right? But I also don't think you've seen enough from Stefanski to say that this guy could be trusted with my money, right? This. The Browns put a good team on the field. They had two good receivers. 
he they had a, a all world receiver in Odell Beckham that they couldn't find a way to get the football. Okay, they had a good defense that struggled all year with Denzel Ward, uh, Miles Garrett and company that really hadn't that had good games and had stretches where they gave up fifty plus points. Right, you didn't see development from from Baker Mayfield. Now, granted, Baker was dealing with the injury since week two. Had the torn labrum, he's he gutted it out. If anything, he showed his toughness, right? He showed he's a tough kid that he's willing to do whatever it needs needs to be done for his team. But Stefanski had the keys to a, a, a Cadillac and treated it like a, a Hugo. Okay, they didn't do anything with the talent. They had two good running backs in Hunt and Chubb. They had two good receivers. And, and, and Landry and Beckham, they had tight ends. What did he do with it? Nothing. Stefanski needs to be held accountable. He needs to be on the hot seat. I hope they don't move on from coaches as, as a reflex, but let's be real. Yeah, I don't see a lot from Baker, but I don't see a lot from the coach either. And if I were the Browns, I'd seriously be considering cutting my losses or at least saying, hey, Stefanski, you better get it together. You know what? It's funny you mentioned Savansky because I, I I got family in Cleveland and we have this conversation all the time. And I honestly think that for as much as Kevin Savansky did right last year, pushing the right buttons and figuring everything out, and Cleveland went on this magical run and they were the preseason darlings to to, to come out of the AFC North and to go on this magical run. Uh, for them to fall flat on their face the way they did, um, honestly, comes to coaching, in my opinion. Again, here's the deal. You mentioned it uh, when you were speaking. The situation was what it was. You know, Baker Mayfield was hurt, clearly hurt. We all knew mm-hmm. that. Um, but mm-hmm. why in the world did you continue to put him in harm's way? Um, I understand that, you know, Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt missed a significant time, but you didn't really run the football like you should have. Um, like again, I, I, we said this last week. The Pittsburgh Steelers right now are the worst running defense in the NFL, the worst. And yet, you kept putting Baker Mayfield in harm's way to the point where T.J. Watt and company sacked them nine times, nine times in in in, in that ball game uh, last Monday night. Um, again, that, that that's just bad coaching. That that's really just bad coaching. Uh, before we get into uh, the games of this week, call the numbers 929 477 Uh here with Sports City Chefs. Um, let's uh, crack open this games, man, from this past week. I've got a lot to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to go to um, one of the games that kind of made a big difference for me. I'm going to start here with the Jacksonville Jaguars pulling off the massive upset against Indianapolis Colts 26-11. Um Carson Wentz being Carson Wentz. Like, what in the world was that? Now, don't get it twisted. I'm happy for it because, you know, that was the way that we rode to get ourselves in the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. But you, you go out last fall season with all this money, you're on a roll. Like, everybody's picking the Indianapolis Colts uh, to be a quote-unquote dangerous team. Um, and this is what you go out there and do. Uh, Trevor Lawrence threw for 233 yards, two touchdowns, had a passive grand of over 100 the second time in his career. 
Uh, they got significant contributions from all their eligibles. Um, Marvin Jones touch. Uh, Laquan Trevor caught a touch. Um, they turned the ball over. Uh, they, they, tur- they turned Carson Wentz over. Interceptions, sack fumbles. Mm-hmm. Um, they played disciplined football. Um, so uh, was this more about Indianapolis losing it or that Jacksonville is going there and beat them for the eighth straight time? Listen, give give Jacksonville credit. They came out, they played hard. Uh, Trevor Lawrence um, looked like the guy that everybody thought he was going to be coming into this season, including TP, who had drafted him for his fantasy team, right? Um, but the, the Colts blew it. And we said it. Like, we were joking. Like, we right, seriously, we were joking last week that the Colts don't yeah. play well in Jacksonville and that we, we thought they would lose. I mean, win, but we wouldn't be surprised if they lost. We were joking. Right. They they answered the bell, and they laid an egg. It was a disgrace what happened. How many carries did Taylor get? Um, like 15? Got 15 carries. Yeah, 15 carries? 15 for an MVP candidate? That's a joke. I know you're behind in the game. You got behind the eight ball, but listen – Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. Carson Wentz, when he needs to be great, becomes a bad quarterback. Think about it, right? When yeah, he's, like when that. you don't need him to do a lot, when you don't need him to win you games, he's good, right? He can, he can guide you like a 10-1 team like he did before he got hurt, right? When you need him to make plays, when you need him to go above and beyond and win you football games and get you back in games or what have you, he becomes a bad quarterback. He makes mistakes. He locks in on receivers. He thinks his arm strength can get him into tight windows when it can't. He becomes bad. And he is not the only one to blame for this loss, but he is one of the culprits. He is who he is. He's average. That's it. This was a bad loss. So, this was a this was this was up there. Even though there was upsets all season, right? With um, the Bills losing at, at Jacksonville, et cetera. Mm-hmm. This was the worst loss because you had everything in front of you against a bad team that was just looking to get out of there, and you blew it. This was a bad loss. Yeah. So. The, the 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 Indianapolis Colts down the stretch was pretty much in a win and you end situation the past two weeks and they lost to the LA to to, to, to the Vegas Raiders and to Jacksonville and and, and, and to your point um, this was a very bad loss this was a very very bad loss and I don't want to you know not give Jacksonville their due because they went out there and got it done but. This offensive line that was supposed to be otherworldly um, got pushed around a lot. The defense got to Carson Wentz regularly. Um, he got sacked a total of six times and lost the fumble. Um, it didn't matter what they called; they they, they couldn't get it done. Um, mm-hmm. And again. We, we, we've seen this movie before from Carson Wentz. You know, my wife is out in, in the living room cracking up now because she, this is why <laughs> she wanted him 
out of feeling. Like, she could not stand yes. the person when she said he's Put her on the show. Put her on the show. If she wasn't holding Bo Mama right now, trying to put him to sleep, she wouldn't. But Bo Mama's trying to put him to sleep. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> but, 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 but honestly, she cannot stand that dude. And, and this is why, because he did this when he was a member of the Philadelphia Eagles quite regularly. Um, and he did it again in the biggest moment in Indianapolis. Um, the next game I wanted to get to uh, before I kind of, you know, step aside and let you go to work uh, was the San Francisco uh, L.A. Rams game. Um, honestly, for me, um, there are teams that just have your number. It doesn't matter when you play them, how you, you know, what time of the season you played them, who's available, who's not available. Um, there's a team that has your number. Um, and this San Francisco 49ers team, it doesn't matter where they play this, this, these Rams, they, they have their number. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, very, very decent day, throwing the rock for 316. Um, Elijah Mitchell chipped in with 85 yards. Debo Samuel, once again, man possessed. Uh, Mr. Swiss Army Nets can do everything. He ran the ball for 45 yards and caught uh, 95 yards worth of targets uh, for a grand total of about 120-some-odd all-purpose yards. Um, I'm not too sure when uh, the 49ers decided to start using him in this fashion, but this was this was amazing for, for, for them. Uh, we see the same type of contribution uh, from a Cordero Patterson out in, um, out in Atlanta. Uh, so defensively, they got after it. Um, I'm sure if T.P. Thomas was sitting here, uh, Matthew Stafford once again threw a turnover late to kind of seal it. Um, but what were your thoughts watching this game? Uh, 27-24, the Texas 49ers came out victorious and uh, officially knocked out the, the New Orleans Saints. Shout out to the homie uh, Harvey who was here a little bit ago. But uh, San Francisco gets in now. How do you feel? Um, you're right. They um, The 49ers are a bad matchup for the Rams. The Rams are, are kind of a physical team but more finesse. And the 49ers just punch them in the mouth, and they can't answer it, right? But give the 49ers credit. They had their backs up against the wall on the road against a very good team that needed that game as much as they did, right, to win that division, secure um, a home home game in the first round. Down, what, 17 points? I think yeah, it was down 17. They were down 17. And – and they came, they came, they just, they gutted it out. They were a tough team. Like, watching them against the Titans a couple of weeks ago, me and TP were at my house watching that game, and I just couldn't believe they lost that game. Garoppolo being Garoppolo, right? He comes back after that injury, missed last week's game, came in, and you know what? They won the game. The 49ers, bad matchup for a lot of teams. Like, I think... We'll talk about it, but, like, there's no team in the NFC other than the the Eagles, I would be surprised, went to the Super Bowl. Facts. 49ers are a good football team. They're tough. They're mentally tough. And they can go play against anybody. They can play against anybody and give them credit for going into SoFi and taking care of business. Matt Stafford – 
I don't know what you're going to get from him in the playoffs. I, you can get the guy that threw over 40 touchdowns, or you can get the guy that throws too many interceptions late in the ball game that can steal your fate. One of those interceptions, the one he threw to Odell Beckham, underthrown, I kind of don't blame him for that as much. Yeah, but it was underthrown. To your point, yeah. It, I don't blame him as much, but it was underthrown. Um, you know, it wasn't like the two interceptions were bad reads or bad plays from him. I think it was just better defense. Um, but can you trust this guy? I think he's got um, eight interceptions this month. Right in or the last uh, couple games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I just don't know. I don't know if you can trust him in the playoffs. So it's a. It's a. You know they it, they lucked out because the Cardinals laid a complete egg at home again. Yeah. Right. So they got the division, but I don't know about these Rams, man. I don't know. Well, and you know what? It's it, it, it's funny you mentioned that situation too because. Um, CP, you know, been he he he's been in here talking about Matthew Stafford for for all, all season, you know, and you know he would know as as a Detroit Lions fan. But this is why you bring Matthew Stafford in, you know, to give yourself um, a shot. I can't ignore what he did all season, you know, further with MVP numbers and. Um, Cooper Cup is in the MVP, you know, discussion um, now because of what he was able to accomplish uh, with Matthew Stafford. But, you know, all you can do is get yourself and get your team uh, to the dance. And once you get there, whether you go home with the girl or not, is entirely up to you. But Matthew Stafford, that's the team. That, that, that's the car there. You know what I'm saying? What you, what you do is on you. Um, <laughs> Here's the thing, here's the thing. Like, you say mm-hmm. styles make fights and, you know, whatever they could be. I, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, this upcoming Monday, and again, we'll, 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 we'll talk about it probably more tomorrow and on on, on, mm-hmm. the, on the Sunday show. Um, but I think, you know, if you can handpick your matchup, I think mm-hmm. if you can literally handpick your matchup, I think that the Rams and the Cardinals – kind of want each other, you know, um, I, I think, because literally, they're, they're very, very similar, they're, they're a finesse team, um, they're a right. division opponent, you know, they, they they played each other twice already, you know, I was able mm-hmm. to see the last game, uh, me and Kiki saw mm-hmm. that last game in, in Vegas that, that, that Monday, um, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, the, the Cardinals play badly at home, and the Rams don't play good. Uh, consistently at home, it's gonna be a good game to talk about. But I, I, I say that for when we when we talk about it. Call the number is nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. We've got a call in queue. I think it's the homie Ant, man. Ant, what's going on, man? How we doing today, buddy? Hey, what's going on, guys? How we doing, my man? What's How we up? doing? We're talking up? about what's up? What's up, Barry? Talking about the uh, talking about the uh, L.A. Rams. Um and the uh, Central Florida game. I'm not too sure if you caught any of what we talked about or if you saw the game yourself, but uh, my whole point was that Styles make fights, and honestly, the Central Florida are, are a bad matchup for the L.A. Rams. So what was your thought uh, as you watched that game this past weekend? Uh, I mean, I caught a little bit of it. Um, 
specifically like the fourth quarter. Um, it's like you said. I caught the last few minutes of you guys talking. And San Fran is they are just complete smash mouth, run it down your throat. You know they want to run the ball, whatever it is, thirty, you know thirty plus times. And between uh, Elijah Mitchell, um, you know, and even Debo Samuel, who's just he, he's a playmaker. I mean, they are they present such a tough matchup, and then Garoppolo can still throw, and you know he's got Samuel and and Brandon Ayuk, and, um, and George Kittle has kind of almost been forgotten about, you know, but he's one of the better head ends in the league. So I I think they're really a tough matchup for anybody, especially right now. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you, man. I mean, again, you you mentioned George Kittle. We didn't even talk about Kittle. Um, everything that was talked about San Fran is surrounding um, Debo Samuel and the running back and whether Jimmy G's been a player or not. But George Kittle is, is a matchup nightmare for, for a lot of teams. Um, it's going to be very interesting to you know, sit back and turn on the coach's tape and break that down um, You know, when they play the Dallas Cowboys. You've got another call in queue. Uh, before I bring, them, uh, bring the caller in, the caller number is 929 uh, caller calling in from uh, Prefix uh, 7007. What's going on? What's your name? What's on your mind this evening? Caller, you on the air with Sports City Chefs. How are you doing this evening? All right, we may be having a little bit of technical difficulty with the call. I'm going to put him uh, back, on, back, back on hold for a second. Um, before we get moving, man. Stage fright. Um, Stage fright. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it might be. It might be, man. It might be. Um, villain, and I got yes. you both sitting here, man. Um, and I wanted to let you guys uh, talk about uh, the New York Football Giants season. I did listen to the finger food, and I'm all, I'm, I'm gonna let you know now. Um, I do got some questions for you in regards to your finger food, um, and everything like that. But okay. villain and. Uh, talk about the Giants for a minute. Obviously, the news came out that Joe Judge was officially relieved of his duty. Um, but, man, what's going on, man? Put your GM cap on. Fix, fix the Giants. I, I saw in, in your finger mm-hmm. that you, you went, through a lot of, went through a lot of names and people that, you know, you thought would be back and people that you would be mm-hmm. okay with you signing. You don't have to rehash all of that. But, um mm-hmm. Where do the Giants go from here? I mean, you got two first round draft picks. Uh, you don't have a GM. You don't. You don't have a coach now. Um, you know, you didn't have one before. On your wish list. Um, true, true statement, sir. True statement. True statement. True statement. You know, true statement, guys. True statement. But um, is there anybody kind of on your wish list that you want to, you know, come in and you know be a GM or kind of put together your New York Giants real quick? Um, and then I'm gonna try to get the caller back in here in a little bit. Yeah, you know, um, I'll go first, Ed. Um, so, first of all, listen, I, I'm, like, serious. I grew up in the church. Um, so, you know, my, I was on the choir. My mother played the organ. My dad sung in the choir. My brother played the piano. was a, an unbelievable uh, talent in the church. And after the preacher would preach, if, if it was a really good sermon, my mother would get on the keys and start playing 
Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, when Jesus was. When Jesus was. When Jesus was. When Jesus was. So, so I'm happy. I'm happy right now. See, y'all gotta, you got the villain singing. Yeah. I got to, you know. Listen, you got the villain singing now, so Joe Judge deuces, deuces, my G, deuces. Listen, I you, you listened to the finger foods. You heard everything I said. Everything that he said in his introductory press conference, me and Ant have been talking about it for the last couple of days, the homie. Everything he said in that conference, he went against the last couple of weeks. I think his job might have been somewhat secure the last uh, maybe a couple, six, six weeks ago, he gradually w- talked himself out of the job. You know, from doing the, 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 the training day, King Kong and got on me to the third and nine. That was an absolute disgrace. Absolute disgrace. To, 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 to quit on your team. I know, I know Saquon Barkley and people in public said all the good things, all the right things that, you know, they, they support him. But I'm pretty sure in that locker room they said, F this dude, right? Like, you know, and I think what happened was they met with Joe Judge late Monday, got an idea of his plan, and then kind of thought about it. And, and, and they said, listen, we're going to let the GM come in and decide if he, they want to keep Judge or get a new voice in here. But I think cooler heads prevail between the Tish and the Mara family, and they said, you know what, we'll just do it for them. The, the, the statement, I, and I think, Aunt, you saw it too, the statement that Tish made basically saying up until the last game of the season, they wanted the last game of the season to have a good feeling about this team going into next year, and they had no, no good feelings. That, I'm telling you, that game sealed his fate. It started – when he in Kansas City, when he was complaining about the the, the earpiece, the microphones or headsets, or whatever, and it just started to build and build and build until there is no way you could bring this guy back, no way. He he disgraced this organization. He he embarrassed them with the two QB sneaks. Goodbye. Moving forward, I think the the Giants serious. Couldn't field a 53-man roster because of the cap hell that they're in in the last game of the season. Pause. The Giants couldn't field a 53-man roster because of the cap hell that they're in. Thank you, Dave Gettleman. Right? So they have no cap flexibility. They, they have draft picks, but they have no cap flexibility, right? So there's a lot of players that have to probably be – sent on their way. Like Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, I, I think has to go. I, I, the GM that comes in needs to make a, a decision right away because in May, you guarantee Daniel Jones's fifth year. Is that the guy that I want to be my quarterback or do I need to start over from the quarterback position? I don't know if you go in the draft. I don't know if you go veteran route like they did with Kerry Collins years ago and Kurt Warner to get to Eli Manning. But I don't know if Daniel Jones is the answer too. There's there's pieces on the defensive side that you probably got to let go to 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 get some 
flexibility to start bringing in some new talent in here. The Giants do have some talent. They just don't have a they don't have any anything else to speak of. So I think now that Judge is not here, I think the Giants are a little bit more of an intriguing uh, op- uh, position. I think Anthony had some some names too that he liked for GM. I like Riddick. I mm-hmm. think the guy from Buffalo. Um, um, I can't remember Sikori, um Forget his name. Um, sorry, I forget his name. I had it in my head. Um, but the yeah, Bills yeah. Uh, assistant G, uh, Bills assistant GM is a name that's popped up. I think there's one an assistant GM from um, the Titans as well. They're going to go outside the organization. The first time since before I was born. I was born in '81. The Giants hired George Young in '79. Uh, that's the first time they the last time they've gone outside of the organization or somebody that's been in the organization to get a GM. They're going to do it now. They need a whole change in philosophy. The giant way ain't working right now. And I think everybody was saying, and this is the last thing I'll say on it, that you know, two three coaches in six years is a bad look. No, it's not. Not if you're getting the right guy. So but if if the only reason to bring Joe Judge back is because you didn't want to get rid of a coach after two years, then you might as well just give up because there's you got to get he wasn't the right guy you got to get the right guy in here. The Giants fans now, even though they we know we need to hold Mara and Tish to the fire, at least we know. Listen, they heard us. Our voices were heard. We got rid of the GM. We got rid of the coach. Now it's time to start over. Floor is yours, Ant. Yeah, I, I was thinking, before Ant gets loose, man, I definitely want to agree with you there. Call the number is 929-477-2759. Uh, if you want to jump on air with us, man, go ahead and hit that number one button. Put your hand up. Let me know that you want to come on in. If not, if you're in the waiting room, we can definitely listen to the show. Uh, thank you for coming and thank you for being here and rocking with us. And uh, I know you were Giants fan, too. Um so I definitely wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of sound off about um, the game that took place on Sunday versus the Washington football team as well as you, your, you know, end-of-season thoughts and remarks as you prepare and head into 2026. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dylan, you and I have been texting, I mean, nonstop over the last couple of days. Um, and, I mean, I couldn't hit the send button fast enough when I saw that tweet today that judge got fired um i mean it's just been it's been brutal a brutal two seasons um i mean i as we've talked about it i agree with everything you've just said i mean he just made a mockery you know of this team you know coming in talking i'm going to do this i'm going to do that we're going to have a proud you know product on the field you know a new york tough you know team and it's just he's just been a joker since day one and you know it's, if you want to act like that you had to have won at some point in your career you know you have to have a leg to stand on you know Belichick you know while he may act you know ridiculous at times look he's won what seven Super Bowls I don't even uh, whatever it is I mean but you know you can't come in here and, and be on your high horse and not put up uh, you know not put up wins so you know, when, you know, he takes shots, uh, he took shots at, at Washington before this week's game. And, I mean, you just can't do that. And I think he knew his days were pretty much numbered. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we need to get a new GM in here. Gettleman was, was done. He's been done. I mean, we need to get somebody in here who can actually evaluate talent, you know, draft 
address what we need in the draft. We need offensive line, defensive line, you know, playmakers, you know, and, and Gettleman, you know, made a lot of risky picks, you know, uh, Kadarius Tony. I mean, is he a good talent? We don't know. I mean, he's, he's a speedster, but he was injured all year. Uh, Ingram he picked and, you know, he, he turned out to nothing, always injured. Even when he played, he had drops, you know, issues. And so I, I just, I'm glad that we're going to get a fresh start here, you know, and get somebody in here, hopefully, you know, and now that the the coach is gone, the GM can have his pick of who he wants and, you know, they need somebody reputable. And finally, like uh, villain said, you know, for somebody outside the organization, it's just time for a fresh start, new set of eyes, you know, new, whatever ideas, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, they just really need to, you know, get some talent, you know, and, and address all these things that Gettleman wouldn't do. And, you know, Daniel Jones, that was his quarterback of the future, and he wouldn't give him, you know, any line help, sign Nate Solder to a huge deal. He's been terrible. Um, you know, a couple draft picks, you know, came in, came out, Flowers. I mean, it's even Hernandez, you know, has not been good. So it's it's time for a clean sweep, and hopefully they didn't wait too long, you know, when we can still get somebody in here as GM, who can have his pick of coaches and this GM can hopefully find us some talent in this year's draft. You know what? I, it, it, it's pretty, pretty apparent to, to, to me as an outsider. I didn't have eyes uh, on the New York football Giants like you guys did, but I, I the, the, the question I had for you both, and again, me and villain kind of went at it as we normally do. Um, with the Giants' offensive line being as bad as it was, with the receivers and weapons being either hurt, scared, I don't know what the hell happened with Kenny Galladay this year, but I digress. Um, I, I listened to various finger food and damn this spit coffee on my feet on my monitor because I was wondering. Um, you know, Jason Garrett was fired. Okay. Now, the Clapper clearly, you know, didn't have a good go of it in, in Dallas, but we sat here on this very, very show, villain, and you and I went back and forth for a good couple minutes about why Jason Garrett needed to be fired. And here's the thing, like, I, I, I don't want to bring up old wounds, but you can only cook with what groceries you have in the cupboard. If you don't have groceries in the cupboard to make gourmet meals, don't expect gourmet meals. So Jason Garrett essentially did the best that he could based off of the talent and availability that he was given. So I'm, I'm going to give an opportunity to, to go ahead and say Maya Copa. Should Jason Garrett have been the fall guy, or was it Joe Judge the whole damn time? Villain, if you're talking, you're on mute. Uh, oh, villain's going. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead, sorry. Go. Sorry. Yeah, I was on mute. I agree. Um, I agree that you get the groceries that you, you, you have to cook with what you got, right? And that um, Garrett was forced on, on on Joe Judge, right? That was Anthony could attest to it. They forced Garrett to come in because he he was an experienced coach. He had interviewed for the job as well, right? The head coaching job. Gettleman put Garrett on on Joe Judge. That wasn't his uh, wasn't his ass and wasn't his deal. 
but you look at how it deteriorated, how it just it just got bad. It just got bad. And and could Joe Judge's re- recover? Yes. I mean, we're looking at it, you know, but when I was really young, Parcells' first year in New York, they wanted to fire him. They stuck with him. Two Super Bowls later, he's probably one of the greatest Giants coaches ever. They could have got that with Joe Judge. They could have stuck with him, and maybe he could have turned it around. But you needed a clean slate. Like, you needed a clean slate to come in here. You couldn't stick this coach with this – think of it this way, serious. And, 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 and this is the last time I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it. The fans wanted him gone. If he would have came back August into September, first game of the season, how bad do you think it would have got in MetLife Stadium? If even even if, not even bad, would they have shown up to MetLife Stadium if Joe Judge was the coach of the New York Giants? As bad as it got. That's I a mean, open, that's a question. Honestly, Honestly, I mean, yes, and because at the end of the day, you guys showed up this past year, and last year wasn't, you know, much better. I, I, I think each year, you know, brings a new worm of possibilities and a new optimism and a new, you know, we see the means. This is our year, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and every team, you know, has their set of, you know, this is our year means. And, you, you know, if you have a decent draft and you – and you pick up a free agent or, or, or two or three or whatever case may be, you know, bust the being season until, you know, mid-September, early October when it's apparent that this is the same stuff, different day. Um, so, I mean, to, to, to your point, even though fans want them gone, you know what I'm saying, you mentioned that fans want a Parcells gone. Hell, I'm in Pittsburgh. You know how I many people are knocking in the head every day for what my comments are? You know what I'm saying? So every mm-hmm. year there's a new optimism, but, you know, I, I kind of get your point of per se, but, again, each year new optimism. And I think that should Joe Judge have been retained, wrongfully so, don't get it twisted. This, this boat should have been fired weeks ago. But mm-hmm. should Joe Judge have been retained, come September, you know, 11th or 12th, whenever, you know, opening day is, the fans would have been in the stands. You know what I'm saying, and y'all would have had a fresh new optimism on this. This this could be the year that we, you know, go from you know worst to. Worst. I don't buy that. I don't buy. I don't buy that. I don't buy it. Seriously. I really don't. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, look, look, look at it all year. Like, okay, let's keep it a buck with you. Let's keep it a buck. The Cincinnati Bengals mm-hmm. have been a lasting stock organization. Sure. I'll be 38. In- I mean, 38 in, in, in February. They have not mm-hmm. been good for the majority of my life. Washington mm-hmm. football team, I live literally five minutes from where they practice at. Okay? They have not been good since the 90s. But every year, every September, every all 32 teams have a newfound, this is our year. I'm going to show up to the stadium. I'm going to tailgate. I'm going to buy the merchandise. I'm going to sit there with my friends and, you know, drink and have a good time and watch some football, whatever case may be. And not until when the, when, when, when the weather gets cold, when the true fans actually show up. You know what I'm saying? So but, I you know, believe that but, opening but, day, 
training camp and shit no, like that, because John Cena's going to show wait, up. Can I jump I, in for a second? I agree. Yeah, go ahead, because I, I want to get to that. And then yeah. I know we got a caller and kill. We got to bring him in. Yeah, yeah, Bill. Yeah, oh, sorry, serious. To go back to your point about, you know, new hope, you know, every year and whatnot, I would just say this in terms of, you know, would would the fans be back, you know, next year? And, I, and I'm going to say no as a Giants fan because, for one, as I said before, what he's done and made a mockery of this team this year mm-hmm. and, you know, and last year was, was, was bad enough anyway. But he mm-hmm. made a mockery and with this third down and, you know, and nine and quarterback sneak from your own whatever it was, two-yard line, three-yard line, th- that's just a total give up. And what I was going to say is, is, you know, you're talking about the uh, Washington football team. I don't think there's a chance that Ron Rivera would ever do something like that, you know, kind of, you know, call off the guards, you know, wave the white flag, you know, kind of just give up like that. I don't think he would do that, which I think is, you know, to your point that the fans would, you know, okay, maybe this is the year that, you know, things turn around and, you know, and, and, you know, maybe this is our year, maybe we can win the division. But I think, I just feel like next year, if judge was still there week one, the fans, look, fans are always going to be there. I mean, you're never going to have, you know, 10,000 people in the stadium, you know, in New York, especially it's, they're going to be there, but I think they would be booing him from the beginning you know, just looking for anything to, to rag on him, you know, and they're fans. And as fans, you pay your hard-earned money to go watch. You're entitled to boo if you want to boo. But I, I just feel like there's no there was no coming back from how he handled these past few weeks, um, you know, leading to the end of the season. So I, I think that there was just no way he could have been around, um, you know, coming into next year. I just don't, I just don't think so. You can't I mean, come I, back I mean, off of really, third and third and nine. You can't. You can't come back off of that series. You really can't. I mean, I can't, like, I agree how, with you both. I mean, hold on. I mean, I, I agree with you both. Ultimately, like him, him coming back would have been a very difficult ordeal. But once again, like as a fan myself, you know what I'm saying? Like, you only get eighteen and sixteen or seventeen games or whatever it could be. I think that you would make your way back into the stadium to see if no, no, they know, would, the, they would, the and they would boo the crap out of them. Serious, they would boo the crap out. Mean, and, and, and you bring up you bring up the Bengals, and that's a great point. The Bengals were patient with with Marvin Jones for 15 years. They were patient with Correct. their coach now, and and they and they it, it's paying off, right? New York ain't that patient. New York wouldn't wait 15 years for Joe Judge to figure it out. That's not going to happen. The, the, he would be the Giants fans would be in the stadium paying the PSLs. I'm sure Pittsburgh don't have PSLs. We got to pay licenses no. for the seats. I bet you we, we'd be in there pissed off that Joe Judge is our coach again. Trust me. I'm, I'll tell you. Call the number. It's nine, a different two, market four, too. Seven, seven, different two, market. Five, uh, call the number nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. Um. Caller is sitting in queue. If you want to come on in, man, hit that hit that uh, number one button. We'll definitely bring you on in. Definitely love to get your opinion and thoughts on things as we talk. Um, with that being said, um, yeah, man, it, 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 it's weird that um, uh, we're, we're talking about that. Um, let's see, villain, villain, what'd you do? Anywho, um, with, with, with that being said, um, I'm going to get off the New York Giants because, again, we could spend the next couple of hours talking about the New York Giants. Um, 
So the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know what I'm saying, find their way into the playoffs. I'm, I'm going to talk about my boys for a second. Um, I'm going to do a finger food here in a little bit. But we find ourselves in the playoffs getting a much needed win, uh, beating the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, 16 to 13, um, T.J. Watt and, and company, you know, managed to um, emerge victorious. Um, I'm not too sure what you guys saw of this game, but I definitely wanted to throw it around before I give my opinion on it. Um, Dylan, what would you think about watching this this, this Baltimore and Pittsburgh Steelers game on, on Sunday? Uh, was proved to be the clincher uh, getting the Steelers in the playoffs. Wow. Um, Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches in the league, period, period. If people don't start giving him his flowers now, I don't know when you're going to give that man his flowers. Because this Steeler team, we said it after week four when they were one and three, was terrible. They, I sat here and said that the Steelers – were in the twilight of Ben's career, kind of like Eli was with his last year at the Giants. It was going to get that bad because this team was no, wasn't, wasn't any good. Turn around eight, five, and one in the playoffs. Flowers. Give, give this guy – or eight, no, eight, four, and one. Give this guy his flowers. This team is not a playoff team. They aren't. They are because Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches in the league. That's why they are in the playoffs. Not because of the defense, not because of T.J. Watt, not because of Najee Harris, not because of, ben, because of Mike Tomlin. Respect to Mike Tomlin. T.J. Watt's the defensive player of the year. I don't want to disrespect him. Um, Najee Harris, you know, breaking uh, Franco Harris' record, that's not something to be sneezed at. Ben Roethlisberger making throws when he needed to at the end of the game in Baltimore to get them um, get them in the end zone and get the win. Mike Tomlin is why they're in the playoffs right now. And um, wanted to get your position on it uh, before me being a Silver fan, you know, speak about it. But Pittsburgh wins this ball game, uh, gets the help they need, and find themselves in the playoffs. Uh, what's your position on the situation? Um, and, you know, I, I guess you could talk about the greatness of Mike Tomlin if you want, but, you know, I, I, I sit back in his chair. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with everything that Villain just said. I mean, Tomlin is just – correct me if I'm wrong. Is I think I saw a stat the other day. He's never had a losing season. Is that right, as head coach? Nope, never had a losing season. I mean, that's that's incredible. I mean, you know, he's had some great players, obviously. Um, but, I mean, the coaching job that he does, and, I mean, like, like Villain just said, they are in no disrespect to them at all. They, they're not a playoff team. I mean, Ben Ben is a shell of his, of you know, his former self. You know, he's getting up there. He's been, you know, injured a ton in his career. So, I mean, it's just how it goes. But, I mean, he doesn't throw they, – they don't throw the ball, you know, more than 10 yards down the field. And when he does, it's usually not on target, which is sad because Deontay Johnson, you know, um, you know, flies around and he just – you know, more times than not, you just see him 
you know, catching like a little three, four yard crossing route, you know, and, and just hoping for some yards after the catch. But um, I mean, I, I think it goes, you know, I don't, I don't see any way that they're, you know, moving past the first round um, against Kansas city. But I mean, just the fact that they made the playoffs with, with this team. And I mean, Najee Harris is a, is a ridiculous talent, um, you know, and they're going to need him, you know, hopefully he's, you know, I know he got banged up last week, um, but I, you know, they're going to need him healthy if they want to stand any chance because they're certainly not going to be able to, you know, hang with them, you know, throwing the ball, you know, 50 times. It's just not, you know, they're, they're just not going to score enough points against Kansas city that way. So, I mean, incredible job that Tomlin has done this year with, um, you know, with Ben at the end of his, his career. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it, he's done a great job, great coach, heck of a coach. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it was a good season for them. I just don't see them moving past, but, um, but yeah, it's a heck of a job by him. You know, it, it's something that I, I, I sit back and, and I, I somewhat marvel at, you know, as a solo fan, um, I get told this a lot, and the older I become, the more it makes sense. We are very, very spoiled. Um, <laughs> with our lineage. Say that again. Say that again, serious. Yeah. Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> so me and Seth can hear you. <laughs> Say it again. You know, uh, I, you know what? No friend <laughs> Um You know, we've had three coaches <laughs> in our history. We have a Hall of Fame, you know, signal caller, um, and things of that nature. And we, we we are very very blessed in, in Pittsburgh. Um, and, it, and and you know, with, with with all these great you know great blessings that we that we have football wise, we sometimes forget to appreciate um, what we do have. You know, sitting back and watching Mike Tomlin make chicken salad out of chicken crap like he did this year um, was spectacular. Um, it, w- it wasn't pretty by no stretch of imagination. We we, we led um, in fewer ball games than we ever led in, in ball games. We didn't have one signature blowout win. We didn't, you know, our, our, all of our wins came uh, as, as a one-score game, whether it was a field goal, two points, Whatever case may be, um, but we just crawled and found a way. And it, it, it's something that, you know, whenever Mike Tomlin eventually decides to hang him up, um, and the next guy comes in here, it's something that I'm going to miss. But watching this team play, um, you know, for for nothing but pride. Actually, again, I was very, very, very prepared to. Uh, come in here today and do my finger food and kind of give my end of season remarks and things of that nature, kind of like what Villain did on a finger food. And yet, I got a playoff game to prepare for on Sunday night. Like the, 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 the fact that I'm talking like that when if you listen to my finger food, if you listen to what, we, what, what I've been talking about all year, I have not been a happy fellow fan. Not at all, you know, because to, to me, we, we, we have the talent. We, we, we have the, the skill position players. Like, Deontay Johnson is one of the best receivers in the game right now. You know, Najee Harris, you know, Clifton Franco Harris and, 
and, and what he was able to accomplish, you know, with as many touches as he as he had without fumbling the football and things of that nature, pretty pretty, pretty solid. You know, Pat Firemuth is, is is coming into his own in his rookie year. You know, defensively we got Nika Fitzpatrick, we got T.J. Wall, we got Sam Haywood. You know, Boswell is. If not the best, one of the best kickers in the league, and you know, besides the guy in Baltimore, um, I mean, so 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 we have weapons. We, we we have some skill players that that can show up and play ball, but yet we never really we we, we, we couldn't get right. You know, I, I gave this stat uh, a, a couple weeks ago that we didn't score a first half touchdown in six consecutive weeks. Six consecutive weeks we didn't we failed to score a first half touchdown. You know, and yet here we go in the playoffs playing Kansas City because we never let go of the road. Mike Tomlin never let us quit. He never stopped coaching. He he makes some coaches decisions on bonehead moves along the way. Um but, you know, big picture, he, he never let us let go of the road. Um so I I tip my cap to him. Um, our, our, our team, our organization, um, the players that, that come in and buy in um, for the distractions this year, you know, whether, you know, it's injuries or, you know, music and practice or whatever the hell it is, you know, it, it's, it's been a trying year. And yet we play Kansas City for a right to go to the divisional round on Sunday night, man. I, I, I'm shocked. I'm literally shocked. Call the number is 929 2759. You got the next 15 minutes or so with your boys here with Sports City. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pop the top on this playoff talk but, conversation. Serious. Um, serious. Let, let me, yeah, let me, yeah. one thing, one thing about the Steelers, right? This is the, th- this is why me and Seth have been pissed off all week, all month. The difference between, the, there's not a lot of difference between the Giants and the Steelers, right? They, you know, I mean, you look at the, the, the skill positions, you look at the, the, the defense. Yeah, the pretty, position player. yeah, the difference is the coach. Mike Tomlin willed this team to win. Joe Judge willed this team to quarterback sneaks. That's the point. <laughs> That's the difference. You, 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 you smell me? There's not a lot of difference between the two teams. It's the coach. It's the culture. It's the players galvanizing for the coach. They wouldn't do that. The coach gave up. They, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I had to. I'm sorry. Seth, I'm sorry. I had to bring it back. I had it, but it's the, it's the truth. It's the truth. It's, it's how good Tomlin is as a coach compared to any other coach in that situation. That's the difference. That's the difference. Congratulations. To, and I'm, you know, listen, I'm not a big, big Ben fan, Um I, I, you know, I think he's a really good quarterback. I really like watching him play. I'm not, I don't, you know, I don't have that affinity for him like you have, Sirius. But I'm glad he's getting another game. I'm glad he didn't have to end it in in Baltimore. Even though I don't think they they, they can win in Kansas City, I'm glad he's getting one more day. Yeah, yeah. You know, here's the funny thing. Again, I, I again, this, this, this is this is the still a fan series. You know, I would much rather it end there because that's where it started. You know what I'm saying? Literally, it came full circle. You know, his career started there in Baltimore. Tommy Maddox got himself hurt. 
you know, Raylo has popped them and then went in there, lost the game, and hasn't looked back since. You know, and it's kind of fitting, you know, kind of point of justice, if you will, is that his last game potentially was in Baltimore, exactly the scene where his first game was. I, I'm a sentimental guy like that. I, I sat on my couch um, watching the past two weeks and, you know, I was somewhat emotional. I'm not going to lie. I was somewhat emotional because for, for me, it was like, yo, this, this is my guy. This is Ben. You know what I'm saying? Like, where do we go from here? Like, I, I was going to next year with Mason Rudolph or, or Dwayne Haskins or, you know, somebody via the draft or we, are we, you know, going to swing for the fences and bring in, you know, a Deshaun Watson or a Russell Wilson or somebody like that. I'm, I'm not too sure what's going on. For for 18 years, that position has been solidified. We could have looked anywhere, everywhere else. That position has been solidified. Um, so it's going to be interesting to say at least. But with that being said, call the number is 929-477-2759. got the next uh, 12 or so minutes with your boys here at Sports City. Um, I wanted to pop the top on, on, on these playoff games, if you will. Um I mean, if, if, if you look at the, you know, the, the landscape of games, villain, and um, I wanted to give you both an opportunity to kind of talk about your favorite one that you're looking forward to seeing. Villain, uh, I come to you first, man. If you look at, you know, the ledger here of, of the playoff games that that we got coming up this weekend, is the one that sticks out to you? I, you know, <laughs> Cowboys and Forty ers um, old school. I just wish, you know, the late Pat Summerall and, and John Madden were here to call that game, right? Um, you know, it's taken us back to when we were in, in high school, in, in middle school, well, really middle school, me and Seth w- watching uh, uh, NFL prime time and John Madden, the voice of the NFL, you know what I mean? Doing those 49er games with Troy Aikman and, and Steve Young and, and company when the rivalry was huge, right? Um, the Cowboys couldn't have got a worse opponent to play against. I think the 49ers are a bad matchup for them. The 49ers are physical. They're mentally tough. They they will run you to death. Um, they they don't need to throw the ball. They won't have they they. How can the 49ers? How can the Cowboys force turnovers? On the on 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 the Forty Nineers, if they don't throw it as much, as they can just run it down your throat, right? It's a bad matchup for them. Defensively, they can really get after them. Um, it, it probably exploit Tyron uh, Tyron Smith. So, I think that's a game that I'm really looking forward to to watching. Um, interestingly enough, I I I think the the Bengals and Raiders game might be actually interesting too. Serious, I think. Just those two quarterbacks, first time in the playoffs for for Carr, not for the Raiders, but for Carr, and and um, Joe Burrow uh, in Cincinnati, um, that could be a fun game to watch too. Um, but I think the so, matchup, I think the, yeah. No, 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 go, go, go ahead, go ahead. I'll see you in a minute. No, I just think I just I was just gonna tie it off in the bow. I think. Uh, the Forty ers Cowboys game is is one that I really I think that that's going to be that's going to be a good game. So for me, Anthony, I'll come to you here in a minute. For for me, um, 
it is that Bengals and Raiders game. Um, and the reason why I, I love it so much mm. um, is because if, if you look 33 years ago, it's been 33 years since the Cincinnati Bengals have won a playoff game. The last team they beat in the playoffs was the Raiders. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the Raiders were the last team uh, that 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 the Bengals beat in the playoffs, and then it was mm. the last ever So essentially, you know, shout out to the homie uh, Big Bird is for for giving me that stat when we was talking earlier. Um, but these are two teams that, in my in my position, in my opinion, have arrived um, at this point earlier than I than I expected them to. Like the, I knew the Bengals were coming. Mm-hmm. I knew the Bengals mm-hmm. had a lot of uh, a lot of weapons, and you know you got that many first round draft picks and things of that nature. And you know at, at some point they have to pan out. I knew they would come this quickly. Um, and the Raiders, like you already alluded to, never let themselves get. Um, you know, too far behind. Like, I mean, they, they had adversity and things that they had to deal with throughout the season. But the last time the Raiders were in the playoffs, they, um, you know, Derek Carr didn't play because he he hurt his leg. And so Houston managed to get that win and, you know, go on to get beaten next round. But this is going to be a very interesting matchup to kind of kick off the 12 weekend. This is the first game on Saturday at 4.30 Eastern Standard Time. Um I'm looking forward to that. And if you can pick one of these games this weekend, which one are you looking forward to seeing? I just want to touch on two, if you don't mind, just really quickly. So I'm going to agree with you guys that I am interested in the Bengals game. Um, The one thing, and I think we'll obviously find out, and we'll find out quickly because it's win or go home, but the Bengals, I mean, for for a lot of people were – you know, you talk about the first, you know, five, six, you know, weeks of the season, you know, they were playing well. They had some good wins. You know, they also, you know, they, they beat up pretty good on, um, um, on they beat up on um, the Ravens pretty good one game. Um, they mm-hmm. beat up pretty well. Overtime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they but, the but then look at, look at, they beat up the Ravens, and then the next week they lose to the Jets. Um, and then the following week they got destroyed by the Browns. Um, you know, but then coming back off of that, they had a couple, you know, nice wins. They beat the Chiefs. So I, I, I think that they're they're a very good team, but I think they're, you know, kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde team. Which one's going to show up? And they have those offensive weapons, you know, with Mixon, who's had a great year, and Jamar Chase is ridiculously talented, you know, and you forget about T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Um, so, I mean, I think they certainly have the talent, you know, to win a couple games maybe. Um, but like I'm saying, I, I just, it's who's going to, which, which team is going to show up, you know, is it going to be the one that beat the chiefs, um, you know, and, and beat up on the Ravens or is it going to be the team that lost to the jets? Um, you know, so that's, that's the game that I'm really interested in. Um, but as another one, and you guys were talking about the Rams before I'm interested in that Rams Cardinals game because mm. I mean, the Rams for better part of the season, you know, looked like, you know, these guys could be going to the Super Bowl, but, you know, over the last couple of weeks and all these interceptions that Stafford is throwing, um, you know, they got Sony Michelle now running the ball. Daryl Henderson's an afterthought now, you know, but you got Cooper Cup, you know, putting up MVP numbers. But, again, I mean, the Cardinals, another team that's kind of a, 
you know, here one week, you know, and then who's that team the next week? You know, they beat up on the Cowboys a couple weeks ago. So it's, you know, they're another team with, if Murray is, is right. And I mean, I know they lost Hopkins and I don't think he's back at least this week anyway. Right. I think they said maybe in a couple of weeks if they're still there, but right, they still right. have some weapons, you know, AJ green and um, Christian Kirk um, and James Conner. You can't forget about him. So I'm interested in that one because I think that could be, you know, if Stafford is off his game, that could be a first round exit for them, you know, after potentially looking like, you know, they could be, you know, representing the NFC in the Super Bowl, you know, uh, you know, partway through the season. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, when you start to look at it, that that L.A. Rams and, and Cardinals game is definitely one that I'm going to keep my eye on as well. Um, you know, we got about five minutes left in the show, man. This, this, this time has flown completely by. Um uh, Seth, I'm going to come back to you, man. If you could put a team on upset alert, uh, what team would that be? And if you want to go and give us a plug and a closeout as you get out of here, man, I'd really appreciate it, man. Man, upset alert. Um, quite honestly, I mean, if you're talking – this is it's a tough one. I mean, I think – I think possibly – it's not that big of an upset, I mean, judging by the point spread anyway, but – I mean, the Patriots and Bills, Bills at home, it's tough. But, I mean, look, they split the season series, and the game that the Patriots won, what did Mac Jones throw the ball like three times or something like that because of the win? But I think if the Patriots can run the ball, you know, similar to to what, what, what Villain was saying about San Fran, if the Patriots can run the ball, control the clock, you know, just completely keep the Bills off the field, keep it out of Josh Allen's hands, you know, and have success running, getting some touchdowns, I, I think that they could pull it off. You know, I, I don't see any reason why they couldn't. I, d- I definitely agree with you there, man. Go ahead and give us a plug and a shout-out, anything you'd like to promote as we're ready to shut it down here, my man. Uh, I got nothing to promote. Just enjoy listening to you guys and haven't gotten a call in in a while, but I'm hoping to do, uh, do more of that um, coming up because I miss talking sports. And uh, me and Villain have been uh, – bantering back and forth all week, past couple of weeks, about uh, commiserating about the Giants. So uh, it's nice to, uh, you know, get it off my chest and, and get to talking. Yeah, this is, this is a safe space, so you can, you can definitely commiserate about the Giants here. And I, your boy, will definitely enjoy it because I, Villain's Pain is, is, is the cream that I put in my coffee every morning because it tastes so good. <laughs> What's that, Z? That's a poor shit. <laughs> With that being said, villain man, if you could pick a team to do an upset alert, man, who would that team be? Go ahead and give us a plug and close out as he ready to shut it down here, homie. Yeah, a um, couple of things. So upset alert, I like that Bills pick, uh, the Patriots and Bills. I think the 49ers will upset the Cowboys, um, partly because it's a bad matchup, but otherwise because uh, I hate the Cowboys. I hate their fan base. I hate their <laughs> stupid star. I hate their stadium. I hate everything about them. So, you know, I'm rooting for the, the Cowboys to lose handily in, in their home. Uh, but, listen, um, it's going to be a great set of games. First Monday night football playoff game, that's going to be really fun. Um, um, that's going to, you know, listen, Cardinals are good on the road. Rams haven't proven much. 
it's going to be a crazy game. So there's a, it's a lot of good slates of games. Um, the Eagles, I don't think they can go into Tampa Bay and win that game. We'll be talking about that. Um, the, the spread for the Steelers, 12 and a half. Ouch. I don't think it's that bad. But, you know, I, I don't know how they can go into Kansas City either. So <laughs> it's going to be a lot of it's going to be a lot of fun, though. It's going to be a good – I don't say that disrespectfully. I, I just say I don't know how they no, can go I mean, into Kansas City and I, win that game. So – I don't no. think you go in there and win it either, but 12 and a half, I mean, damn. Like, yeah, that's a lot. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot to lay, so, um, especially in the playoff game. So, um, But, listen, it's going to be fun. Um, you know, Seth, thank you for calling in. Me and Seth go way back. We're talking middle school days. Like, Seth, sweetest jumper in, in middle school. Uh, <laughs> don't don't leave him open for oh, the three-point so, line. So, so. So, 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 so Seth knew you when you was a Jets fan. I, I, I got you. Okay, I got oh, you. Shut your mouth. Seth, I set got this you. clown I got straight. Set this clown straight. <laughs> Who, have, have you ever seen me root for another football team? Never, never. It's and, okay. And, 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 you know what, sir? Whatever he paid you, I'll pay you double. Whatever he you, I'll pay you double. You see what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. You listen to TP, it gets you into trouble. It gets you into trouble. And and TP knows Seth used to bury jumpers in his face too. So put it put it on put it on wax. But um, no, nah, listen, uh, Seth, Seth, thank you for calling in. Man. I can't wait to talk more football and stuff with you, baseball, everything, Knicks fan like me. Uh, you know. Yo, thumbs down for Julius Randle. Um, listen, uh, rest in peace, Don Maynard, uh, Jets' uh, legendary receiver. He passed away earlier today. That was kind of 85, and it's, like, yeah. you know, gone too soon. It's like, you know, people live full lives, and it's crazy. But a um, lot of lot of good stuff, sportscitychefs.com, the, the blog, the interviews. we got a lot of stuff popping. Uh, I want to give a special shout-out to my friends over at Special FX Comics. They do live shows every Tuesday and um, and Friday, so I'm um, doing live auctions. They're doing one right now, so if you got time, if anybody's a comic book fan, get in there. They have good books that you can pick up, um, but um, get to the website. Got a lot of stuff popping there. I promise you I'm going to do an MLB Hall of Fame article, um, Handicap of Who Gets In and Who Doesn't. I'm working on it. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Sirius, always a pleasure doing a show with you, bro. Uh, even though you're a pain in the ass, I love you like a little brother. Tell Uncle, <laughs> tell Malik, Uncle Villain's going to save him, get him some Giants gear. I'm out. Negative, negative, negative. What's up, man? It's your boy, Sirius, up in that 412 and the 7th. It's just a pleasure to be here with you guys. Like my man, like my man Villain said, check out the blogs, the interviews, the, everything that we got going on, man. Um, again, Football season may be over for some, but for others, um, it, 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 it's a ride to the finish, man. And I'm going to get on this ride and throw my hands up and ride this sucker to the wheels fall off. With that being said, as TP would always say, tell a friend to tell a friend to chef again. Go on, we'll catch you guys tomorrow. And if you don't know, now nah, you know. We out. Sports city, sports city, chef, chef. Sports city, sports city, chef, chef. Sports city, sports city, chef. Sports City, Sports City, Chef. Kaboom, Sports City Chefs is in the room. Cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports City, Sports City, Chef. Chef. Sports City, Sports City, Chef. Chef. Yeah.
<laughs> Woo! Connecticut. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>